I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. And we're back for another episode of the Be The Ball podcast. I, I forgot the name of it because it has been quite a bit. And joining us is our first repeat guest, Brian Papa, or as you follow him on Twitter as Adam Smoot. And uh, welcome to the show, uh, Brian. And how's fatherhood going? It's uh, it's going well. First off, uh, you could always tell the success of a podcast by the fact the host doesn't remember the name and some guy off Twitter is is a repeat guest. I think that means it's more successful because I'm just so yeah. focused in on other things that I mean, Maybe. these things are just they're <laughs> arbitrary. They don't matter. Yeah, you know, that's that's I think that's that's exactly how I would I would look at it also. Yes. Um fatherhood's good, man. Fatherhood it's it's a lot different than what people try to portray it as but it's uh it's fun i can't even can't even complain Hold about on. this so how is it different and she's how old now she's 13 months which by 13. the way i all i always swore i would never refer to a baby by the number of months they were born and then somehow you just fall into doing that because oh, it's God. either easier than saying she's a year and one month uh, or you just yeah. say she's a year no, but then you're lying because like people really – when people talk about babies, they really want to know exactly how old she is. Wh- why so, does that matter though? Why, like, why can't I be 29 and the baby be one? Because – OK. Because everyone who has a baby wants to compare their baby to your baby. Oh, and so like, oh, your baby started walking at 11 months. Well, mine started walking at 12 months. Oh, God. Uh, everything – it's all competition. Baby you, parenting is a competition. I know you started a blog. Are you keeping up with that? No, not at all. You need to. You need to be writing a book. Um, you know, there's so many. I, I do. I want to write a lot about parenting. Um, I've been bat- batting that around, but there are just so many people who write about parenting, and all of them are boring. And I just don't want to fall into that yes, trap. Yes, you're being... not. You're clearly not a boring writer. Writing about events is your specialty. I mean, if anybody has ever read your your restaurant stories of you watching games and, and writing about it, they know that you're entertaining. This is right up your alley. I, I think it could be a bestseller. Not even kidding. I um I <laughs> I will keep that in mind. I will make sure that when I write this book, you get the first little uh, blurb at the back. I will be your editor. Oh, that's that's great. That? Exactly. Yeah, I'll throw some pictures on. I mean, you design everything, your cover. You're obviously <laughs> a designer, so you could do all that. But, I mean, let's hear some stories. And, and her name, I forgot her name. Her name is Kylie, Kylie. Uh, like the like the uh, Kardashian after, Jenner. You named her after the Kardashian. After the is she a Kardashian or a Jenner? But yes, she's we named both. Both. We named. Yeah, she's she's named after her. Uh, we're hoping to change the uh, the perception of that name around over the next ten years, twelve years. Seriously, so we'll did, see. did that come up though when you were thinking about naming her? Like, oh crap. Kylie Jenner has this kind of this arena taken. What are people going to think? Like, did that come up at all in that process? You would be surprised how much that exact thing happens when you're naming a baby. Like you start thinking of like, oh, well, I can't name her this because I once dated a girl in eighth grade named this. And you don't want those associations and you become a little crazy about it. And so what happens is you end up narrowing down of the thousands upon thousands of names that you could possibly use. You narrow it down to like two or three 
And then you're like, well, I can't use any of the other ones. And I guess Kylie, I can live with the Jenner. And that's really how you end up with a name. This is exactly how I approach my porn viewing. You know, if the name is, is the same name as my mother, my sister, or my wife, I can't use that. I've got to keep going. And it's a process of elimination at that point. That's weird because if it's the name of my mother or my sister or whatever, that's when I watch. Oh, Jesus. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, so, um, so Kylie, has she done anything crazy yet? I'm sure she's got a slew of stories. You know, it's funny because, like, they don't – babies don't necessarily do anything crazy. It's just they do baby things. But, like, to to adults, things come off really crazy and it's not always the things they're doing. Like, I have a baby monitor and so what happens inevitably with the baby monitor is that – when it goes to sleep mode, it'll it'll freeze the last image that's on the screen. And so a lot of times, there'll be no one in her room, and I know that. And I'll turn on the monitor, and it freaks me out because there'll be a person for a fraction of a second. Once it turns back on, it picks up the last image it showed. So if she's sleeping at night and I turn on the monitor, it might show someone holding her for like a second, and it scares the crap out of me every time. <laughs> So wait, so is this hook up to your phone? Like I have no idea what baby monitors are no. nowadays. There's I mean you you we have uh we have the nest in our house, but you really don't want those. I mean, I'm going to get into a little bit of like uh parenting advice here. You don't want the ones that hook up to your phone as your primary primary monitor because they tend to be Wi-Fi based and if you ever lose Wi-Fi and you can't see or hear your baby, that's a bad thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, by the time I have kids and it might be I don't know 2-3 years the technology that's coming along, they're, you're going to be able to do anything. At that point, there's pretty much going to be a robot taking care of the child. I mean, right? I mean, I'm like a robot taking care of the child. Like you don't even like it becomes second nature. Like I work from home. And so uh, what ends up happening with me is she sits, she's around the house and I go into like auto mode. Like I'm doing whatever I need to do. And in the side of my eye, I see her playing with her toys and then I pick her up and I play with her for a little bit. But mostly I'm on autopilot all day. So <laughs> it's not much different. Fair enough. Now let's transition over to less important things. Like, I mean, you're following obviously politics as everybody is right now. The thing with me that it it bothers me is that it's making all these TV shows pale in comparison. Like House of Cards has become unwatchable. Uh, these other dramas are just it's there's nothing like it. And I don't know if you're in the same boat as far as just almost like hate watching it because I'm basically hate following and I just want a constant train wreck. I uh, just hope we all don't die. Outside of that, everything's fair game. Well, two things. One, uh, one of the benefits of having a baby is that I don't get to watch TV anymore. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know anything about any TV shows. Is that because um, you're so busy or you don't want the baby watching TV? Uh, I'm, it's a lot of busy. I mean, you don't want the baby watching TV, but I'm not like super strict about that part. If she's in the room, I'll watch with her. But like, but what is, isn't there something like, oh, yeah, it's going to stunt their learning or something crazy like that? They say that for every hour a baby under two watches TV, it like it it impacts them severely. Oh my god! I mean, so yeah, like whatever. But I'm not so so concerned about that. It's just it, I don't have time. Right. And and the only show that I would want to watch to compare what's happening in real life is Designated Survivor because what's happening in real life is actually way more realistic than what Designated Survivor the plot of that is. I don't even know that one. That's the one where Keeper Sutherland's like the, uh, the, the the last like he somehow doesn't die in all of government and he becomes president and somehow he's keeping everything together. But like we're watching real life what would happen if some idiot just became president and everything's falling apart. It's pretty horrifying. I mean, I watched House of Cards this season and it's become completely unwatchable. 
just like they I, I don't know if you watch it can 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 I give something away if you haven't um I I honestly you could tell me how of cards is about a poker game and I would have no idea come on you know you know the gist of it Kevin Spacey no I, I have no idea you have nothing about it I'm, I'm telling you, I don't watch well, TV. All right, so basically, the president's <laughs> wife kills a guy to cover something up, and it's like, is that even that far fetched anymore? Because I, I don't think it is. I think all, all this shit happens. It's crazy. If it happened, how about this? It's not. It's far fetched in that I don't think it would happen. But if it ever happened, if like that came out where Melania Trump killed someone, whatever it was, I mean, the most I, likely victim is going to be her husband, right? <laughs> I mean. I don't listen. You're not going to get me to talk about assassination and a president. <laughs> I'm not about to do anything close to that. I don't need anyone showing up at my door. I don't need you know. That's true. Like, he's definitely mon. He's definitely not monitoring this podcast on purpose. But I bet he's got some sort of auto monitoring system where they're they're tracking every phone call, everything in America. I don't I don't care about Snowden. That there's press. No, they're tracking everything, especially him. I bet you he's tracking every mention of his name to see who talks bad about him. I just want to see the PP tape, man. It's like true. that's all I'm here for. I'm only here. I like TMZ better be the one to leak that thing cuz they leak everything. Leak well, what no percentage would you put on the tape's existence? Oh, 100%. 100%. No way it's 100. Yeah, like I need this in my life, man. I, got, I know like, you even need it. Not, an honest percentage take I would put yeah, it but like I, I, I can't separate I can't separate the two. Like in this instance, I need this tape in my life. Like it's the only thing that'll make this presidency worth it. Like these last seven months have been torture, and if I have to endure this anymore, I need a PP tape. But you know it'll help that. You know it'll help things and, and bring more entertainment into your life. Following Dolphin Miami season. Dolphins training camp. How'd you know oh, that segue yeah. was coming? Because Dolphin season always makes my life more enjoyable. It's true. I mean, once you see those <laughs> tweets on the timeline where it's Ryan Tannehill drops back and, and out throws a wide open Devontae Parker, you know football's back. And it really gets uh, the blood flowing through my veins, you know? I, I'm very surprised that, we, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm very surprised that we are in t- 2017 and like newspapers haven't found a way to use their beat reporters in a more productive manner than having them go to training camp. Well, the thing is with newspapers, it's and internet, really digital everything. It's just a copycat business. One person does this, and everybody does the same thing, and nobody's really afraid to try anything different. For the most part, you know, you have certain sites that are more creative than others, but like to see in the timeline, like seven straight tweets from seven different beat writers saying the exact same thing. I just, I just don't get the purpose. I don't get the but purpose the- of them doing it, and I don't get per- the purpose of followers actually engaging in these tweets, like. Okay, it's it's training camp. It is it is absolutely meaningless. I mean, you're telling me like that's the that's the thing. It's like you're telling me this is the way to get eyeballs. Like, there's got to be like I could think of probably off the top of my head like a hundred ways to get people to click on my website and 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 support the ads than to have people tweeting and writing about training camp. Like, there has to like go talk to some players about other things. Talk about about their their private lives. Their like things they do for fun, and that's going to get a lot more views than writing about what they do for training camp. No one cares. Like zero. Like there's like three people that care, and I would say that those people don't matter in life. You know who wrote a uh, flamer this morning or yesterday was Armando Salguero. I don't know if you read this one saying that you might agree with them. A lot of people I've heard from say they agree with him. He said that Jay Ajayi is the most important player on this team as far as impacting wins this season. And I just found that to be blasphemous. 
Yeah, I think it's stupid um, because if you have a good O-line, then your running game is going to be better anyway. Like, I'm not saying they have a great running back. I just don't know what JHI is. Like, you look at last year on most of his games that he, most of his yards came in like four games. And so yeah, I'm not but saying- that, that's – I think most running backs, the ones with the huge numbers, no, are going to have no, stat no. lines like that. But you also have to factor in that their line wasn't that good. They've been were constantly shoveling all season. They were playing with a backup quarterback for a chunk of it. And he was a broken tackle machine, like an extra yardage after for, after first contact machine. And I'm I'm not even saying this. Like I think if he's like you could tell me he's the best running back in the league, and I still think he wouldn't be the most important player in the team just because of the position. Yeah, it's so interchangeable. I'm not saying you can find him, but like the drop off from him to someone else isn't going to be as great as say the drop off between you know Ryan Tannehill and whoever and Matt Moore or whoever your backup is after that. It's not going to be uh, the the drop off between your starting wide receiver being Devontae Parker or Jarvis Landry and losing one of them. It's a pretty significant drop off when you lose one of them. And for Ajayi, it's like yeah, he's really good. But you can find running backs. Like, running backs pop up all the time. He's actually one of the ones that just popped up out of nowhere. And it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's just a little ironic that Armando writes this article this morning, and later in today's practice, he goes down with a potential concussion. Like, I mean, is that that a jinx or what? Wait, Armando went down with a concussion? Because that would be so much more fun to me. Like, (laughs) I hope. Yeah, Jay Jay went down with a concussion. (laughs) But speaking on the lines of Armando, I really, really want Colin Kaepernick uh, to sign in Miami, just to make that whole awkward uh, situation, and and not even for that, I think it would be a good value play as well. I don't I don't get the whole Kaepernick stance. I think the NFL is, it's just it's become ridiculous to this point. I actually don't think it makes sense for the Dolphins. Not, not that this should be like the the should the Dolphins sign Colin Kaepernick podcast. Uh, I just don't think it makes sense because I think Matt Moore is just as good as a backup and knows the system already and knows all the plays. So it doesn't even make sense to go after yeah, but, Kaepernick right. at that point. Going into the Steelers game last year on the road in the playoffs, who would you rather have? I don't think it mattered. I don't think either you don't of them think it matters at all because I think Kaepernick in one, a one-game sample, you know, the athleticism uh, – I just think he gives you a better chance to win, a much better chance to win. I think they're both on that border of being starters but not necessarily starters. And I think Matt Moore on like a bad team can start just like Kaepernick on a bad team can start. But I think they're both really good backups. And so, I I mean, maybe he's better than – You don't think Kaepernick is a top 25 quarterback? I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's hard, man. It's it's hard to – I don't think – how about this? I wouldn't blame a team for starting him, like a bad team for starting him. I also wouldn't blame most teams for making him their backup. He's 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 on that cusp for me. And like I think you're you're talking about shades of gray when you're talking about Kaepernick and guys like Matt Moore or I'm trying to think of like other backups. Like, like he's better than anyone Jacksonville has on their roster. Right. I can't imagine why they wouldn't sign him. But like they're they're talking about Baltimore now. Like Baltimore, I would take him as a backup, 100%. Well, here's the thing what I was saying is a value play. Why not sign him? And then once somebody goes down, like a few starters go down in the first few weeks of the season or in the preseason as they do every single year, some team that's built more to win now and that doesn't have time to develop a guy or throw in an an unsure guy, somebody, some owner is going to be like, you know, what the hell? Uh, We care about wins more than the image of signing Kaepernick and all, all that whatever BS distraction nonsense. And then you can flip him for, I don't know, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick. 
But if you're looking at it and you say that if we're looking at this right now and we're saying Chicago's starting, I forget what his name was, Mike Glennon, and you've got Jacksonville starting Blake Bortles, like teams clearly aren't. Uh, no, not the bad. I'm not not the obvious bad. I'm talking like a a Minnesota last year who trades a first round pick for uh, Bradford, you know, because they're they're thought they were built to win now in every other aspect of their franchise where they, yeah, but they what, needed that quarterback. Now, not that Colin is that level, but some some team like kind of like that where they're like, oh yeah, maybe we'll give up a mid-round pick just because we need somebody with experience that's that has really good athleticism, that has all the ability in the world, and that could help us win. I mean, I, yes, it makes sense. For like Russell team. Wilson. If Russell Wilson went down tomorrow, wouldn't that maybe. make a, a shitload of sense? It would it would make sense for a lot of teams to have him as a backup even right now. I just I don't have any faith in any of these teams changing their stance on him somehow inexplicably being this like toxic player for doing nothing. Like he didn't do anything. <laughs> like if we just like we, we need to take we all need to take a step back on this because we keep trying to like look at it from a detailed perspective of, well, he's not talking or he said this about Castro or what all of this started simply because he didn't stand for the national anthem, a national anthem which I have routinely spoken through, laughed through, left like the the gone onto the concourse right. for to try try to find food. I, no one ever respects the national. Right? How anthem. many people are taking a piss at the stadium during the national <laughs> anthem? My bet is many. You could, I mean, in Baltimore, they scream out "Oh!" in the middle of it, like to to showcase their team, right. as opposed to they're they're showing their team over the country, right. and no one cares. But all of a sudden, somehow, we've all become super patriots who can't ever do anything bad around the national anthem. Like it's so clearly, it's so clearly a black white thing happening that I I don't I don't even know how anyone sees it differently. So do you believe that there is some sort of blackballing going on by the NFL? Because a lot of people think that, including, you know, some smart tight end NFL people like Schefter. I find it, I don't know, like the, the, the word blackball, I guess, is kind of like, it's hard to really place that. Do I think teams are being stupid and worrying about an issue with their fans? Yes. And I think it's stupid because fans don't care. Like, no one in San Fran stopped going to games because Kaepernick was there. So, like, I think teams overthink this stuff. And if you look at a lot of businesses, the people at the top always are terrified about the bottom line. And I think that's more what's happening than they're getting together and saying, well, we don't like his stance, so we're going to blackball him. I think it's more of a we're afraid – and we're never gonna gonna take any stands. Like it's it's the Michael Jordan Republicans buy shoes two stance, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so beyond absurd at this point. But going back to on the field, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think you agree with me for the most part that this team was pretty average last year and they're likely to be similar this year. Um, I'm always afraid to say I said it last year, I called it last year, where I said they'd go to like maybe like a week eleven. I said they'd be 10 and 6 losing the first round and then regress the next year and so far everything's going that way but like Bill Barnwell wrote a whole a whole article on this on mm-hmm. them and he wrote again uh this year about how regression works and some the way he looks at some of his stats and he has them like as being the team most likely to regress and there's a few people who wrote that even Vegas has them regressing right. so it's not crazy to say it unless you say it on Twitter to a bunch of dolphin fans oh my and, God. and then you're nuts they're, yeah, they are. They are bad. I mean, I guess you could say every hardcore fan base on Twitter is going to be pretty much the same. Yeah. But holy hell, they're especially bad. Like, and it's not even a full blown insult. You're just saying, 
yeah, they might win two less games. And now I think the NFL is a, a very, uh, obviously it's a parity league. And for the most part, anybody could beat anybody. But, I mean, the facts are they played like a, what, seven to eight win team last year. Like if you go by their their point differential and all these other things, their expected wins was like 7.5 or something like that, which is what they've been for the last few years. Now they could get better this year and play like a seven and nine win team and, and, and you know, like an eight to 10 win team and win eight games and, and be worse than last year. So, I mean, I think they're going to be better just because I really like the coach. Now, not maybe results wise. I think they will be a better team, but I don't see them winning more games. I think, I think as long as, as long as Brady and the Patriots show no indication of any sort of decline, it's going to be really tough because then they're just going to be fighting for wild card spots, and you're going to be in the same situation playing a better team on the road, and uh, it's not a recipe for success. And the funny thing is, like, they can go ten and six again. Like, if they get a bunch of, like, they got a bunch of bounces last year, and everyone says, "Oh, every game's close." No, no, they got a bunch of like last yep. second bounces and really fortunate bounces. And so that could very well happen again. Now, it's not likely to happen again, but it could very well happen again where they go 10 and 6 off of some bounces. And if that happens, like if they go 10 and 6 again, I'll obviously have to reconsider what I feel about them. Like maybe they are good. But if it's 10 and 6 and a, bu- and a few bounces they get, then yeah, like they're the same team and it's it's still likely to regress. Now, I, I just – I don't see them – I mean, they got so many close bounces last year with like with Kaepernick falling at the two yard line with with uh, uh, Cleveland missing all those field goals with like kick returns that like, you can't bank on those. No. Like, they, it can't be that your foundation is built on on situations that aren't like repeatable, like you where you can't replicate it. And so you can't replicate kick returns. You can't replicate interceptions like it has to be like what is their what is the thing they can replicate? And that's what I think we're going to find out this year is what they actually are based on like what and, – and listen, like you, you, you're a big – you like Gase. That's fine. I just don't care. I think it matters. So I, think, I think the NFL more than other leagues, the head coach absolutely impacts things just as far as organizationally, just as far as putting the team in position to win because I don't think Tannehill was any different last year than years prior. And I think the perception of him improved – just because of the fact that Gase made things easier for him. I think he simplified things. I well, think perception. He, you know, perception. He, he, right. It's all perception. But perception also improves when you win. And when you're, when you're, getting, when you're catching those ones. Like, for instance, I forget what game it was now. But there was a game that they won off of two really, like, good drives by him in the last, in the last two minutes or three minutes where they had mm-hmm. to make a comeback. Oh, it was St. Louis. But, and so everyone remembers that part. What no one remembers is that he had 50 yards through three and a half quarters, oh, yeah. the three and three quarter yeah. quarters. And so yeah. we see the end result and we're like, he, he was good. If you look at the final stats, he was good. He really wasn't yeah, that good. He was good. terrible. He was terrible in that game until the end. Yeah. And there was a bunch of games like that. And, and I, I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. Like I actually think he, I think he's, I've always thought he's a good quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. I just, he's, he's the guy that's going to be right there in the middle. Like, right. He's, he's never going to. And now I'm a little more. Uh, po- uh, optimistic just because I'm I'm always a believer in their quarterback until he, he he proves that he's crap. But he's somewhere most likely somewhere around above average, right? If we compiled all the smart brains across, like and maybe. all the smart football watchers, I think that would be a fair assessment. I mean, maybe, but like I guess the question is just like how far. Once you start asking that, it's like, well, how far above average? And then like 
he's I don't know. <laughs> he can still get better. There is no question that certain guys get better as they get older, especially with this position. I feel like the prime at quarterback is whereas most positions it's like age twenty four to twenty eight. I feel like quarterback it's like twenty eight to thirty two because it's such a mental. It's such a huge mental part of the playing the position. You know, it's knowing where to be. It's making quicker decisions. And obviously, I think that area is where he can improve most as far as just quick decision making, knowing when he's going to get his head ripped off behind the offensive line and so forth. So I, I like, see him. I see the trajectory still going up. He's not going to be oh elite. He'll never be but elite. Who, but but like, I, okay, so here's, so here's the question. Who are all the quarterbacks? Who like significantly improved by like, in year seven? Like who are all these guys? We I think all know. these guys go up. Like Tom Brady's gotten better. I feel like for the last ten years. I think Aaron Rodgers has just slowly escalated. I think uh, Drew Brees peaked a little later than what we thought. I mean, yeah, Andrew maybe. Luck's still figuring things out. He doesn't have but, a great team around him. But look at like okay, but you're using like the elite quarterbacks now. Use like that second tier. Like did Joe Flacco get any better? Joe Flacco's Joe Flacco, been the same guy. I think he's gotten worse, honestly. Okay, but that's my point. Like, they got not even like, perception-wise, I think he's flat out just gotten worse. Like, I think I think once he won the Super Bowl and got paid, I think he took a step back and was like, "I'm at the top of the mountain. What the hell do I do now?" Can we go back to the fact that Joe Flacco only made the Super Bowl because a defender on Denver fell on his face and he caught a 70-yard t- and they got a 70-yard touchdown? Like, I forget who it was. It's been so long now. It's a game of inches, man. Inches. He should have been out of the playoffs, and all of a sudden, it's Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco. It's like yeah. what? What are you talking about? No, it makes me feel <laughs> old is knowing that Joe Flacco has been in the league for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, all these guys. I mean, I, I remember Matt Ryan being drafted. I'm a Falcons fan. I remember this. And like some of these guys you're looking at and you're like, they're toward the end of their career now. Yeah. Like I, And look, I mean, look at the NBA. Look at some of the guys coming up in the NBA. And it's like you got the guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. is in the league. You got I played like, against him in uh, in a pickup game. This is my my huge. Uh, I feel like that Nick didn't go story. well. <laughs> no, he was terrible. He was terrible because he was younger than us. He was a lot younger. I think I had four or five years on him. He was really weird because he's the kind of guy that I never ever would have thought he would have been a pro. I know his dad and the talent and all that, but he like clearly was. He was so uncoordinated. He was really slow. Like I think I had a foot on him. We were just playing. We were playing against him and his dad actually two on two at the park, and. I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're playing against Tim Hardaway, who is kind of an asshole, by the way. Wait, you played against Tim? Wait, so wait, you played against Tim Hardaway? Or I, I think, or it was his son, and then either his—I don't. My memory's fuzzy. It was either his dad was watching right there, or we were playing against his son and his son's friend, and his dad was like, just watching there. I feel like I would remember if I played against Tim Hardaway. Like I feel like that's something in my life that I'd be like, I, I can never. Yeah, I don't that. think it. Was, I think he was watching. I, I, just to go back on that, it was definitely him though, because I, I I knew who he was. He went to my middle school, my high school, but he wasn't good. You know, he was a middle school kid, and I was in high school. And me and this kid, I think I blocked his shot one time, and he called foul, and I was bitching at him. And then uh, Hardaway Senior said, "Are you calling my son a liar?" <laughs> you should absolutely put the fact that you blocked Tim Hardaway Jr. in your Twitter profile. I think so. You need to put yeah, that I in think immediately. That's a good thing. I blocked Tim Hardaway Jr. in middle school. He has no idea who I am now. Oh, I would. Don't even go middle school. I once blocked Tim Hardaway Jr. in pickup. Is all you need to put in your profile. That's, like, that's, that's a good point. I don't. I don't know why I haven't captured that opportunity. I should have had that on there all along. That would be on my resume. Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter what I do for a living. I would just put that on my resume. Once or, I think Tim I should. Hardaway I think I should amend it to I blocked him Hardaway Jr. Uh, back in the day, and he called foul. <laughs> and he called foul is, is yeah. the really embarrassing part because exactly. anyone who calls foul in a pickup game, exactly. I mean, 
I once called foul in a pickup game and immediately felt the shame just wash over my body. I won't do it unless it's egregious. If there's some guy out there that just doesn't know what he's doing, he's more of a football player and he's just pushing and slaughtering guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. But other than that, you, Josh, you can't you can't Josh, call it. I called an offensive foul. You called an offensive foul. I called a charge. Now did the guy punch you? Because unless it's a close <laughs> fist, then I don't think that's fair game. I, I I mean I'm telling you it was bad. I should have let it go, and it just it it left my mouth, and as it's leaving my mouth, my brain is like no, and then it just it left, and I was like, well, it's out there now. I don't know what to do. Jesus, did you get kicked off the court? Surprisingly, no. But I, I mean, my head was hung in shame the rest of the morning. All right, so I need you to do something for me. You know, you haven't really said anything that flammable yet. Okay. So I need okay. you to. I need you to pump out your hottest take so that when I write this thing up, we could get mm-hmm. some uh, some movement and some virality yeah. or virility. My... Is it virility? I think it's virility. So, I mean, give me your best Dolphins hot take that's bound to either incite uh, applause or mm-hmm. just wreck havoc. So you could go the Mark Hockman route and predict 16-0, and 0, perfect no, season, or you could go the other side. I mean, what are you thinking? you got to give me something. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot here with this. Hold yeah. on, give me, give me a moment. To, yeah, it has to be a Dolphins hot take. I'd rather do a heat. Can I do a heat hot take? Yeah, but I mean, we're at the end of July. The season doesn't start in the heat for a couple of months. If it has to do something with the off season, the players, maybe Kyrie. If you want yeah. to do something like that, sure. But the Dolphins are what's in everybody's you, mind, capturing the attention of the entire world. Can I give you a lukewarm Dolphins take? And a lukewarm heat take, and they both will combine to equal a sports. It's got to be take. sizzling. You know, oh. Come on, you know this game. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I got this. I'm my hot take is that this year Ryan Tannehill greatly regresses, and the Dolphins end up six and ten. Six and ten. Tannehill regresses. Does he regress so bad that he gets benched? It's he maybe not benched, but I'm. This is the off season. This is my is other. This, hot too, take. is this too lukewarm? You have to adjust. No, this is the Does he get benched, Brian? Uh, no, no. but at the end of the season is definitely when they start looking at other options, like seriously considering other options. Like this is Tannehill's last year as a Dolphin. How about that? That's my, that's my, uh, that's my hot take. Is that, wait, so Tannehill's last year as a Dolphin, confirmed? Dol- this is it. This is his last year as a Dolphin, yes. Wow, he's going to play, for what he's done the last few years, and they've fairly been similar seasons, he's going to have a pretty bad year, a healthy you know bad year for them to consider that. I really wish there was like an account on Twitter like Old Takes Exposed who did the ones who got it right so that like when I get something – because I've gotten things right in the past and I feel like they're just buried in the Twitter timeline. No, Twitter is all about negativity. It's only it one is. side. They, they don't prop you up. There's, that's why <laughs> That's why Twitter is dying and that's where they're – I just saw an article saying there was zero user growth in the last quarter. I'm like, how is no, that did, possible? Can't they did, fudge did, those numbers? I thought they lost like two million, like or whatever it is, oh uh, two million like people on maybe Twitter. Active, that's maybe active users, certainly possible. They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. way behind all the other. What's funny is they're way behind the Facebooks of the world, but like there's something very unique about it in that you have a direct line of contact to all these famous people, and there's nothing like it. But it still can't find a way to succeed as a business. It's really interesting. If they start, if they just turn into like a, where they sell hate, if they sell hate, it would do really well. They have to figure out a way to monetize hate. Exactly. If they can monetize hate, I mean, I'm telling you, it's billions upon billions of dollars just sitting there waiting to be taken. (laughs) 
it's it's true. They, they need to figure out. I'm sure the uh, the right. I'm sure Trump. They could, they could tie that in. Do something. Can you? Like that. Can, can you, you imagine monitor? if there was no Twitter? What would Trump do? He, he would. I don't know. Can that's that's when World War Three would start because he would have nowhere to vent, and I don't think Facebook would would achieve it. And I think that's when he would really get trigger happy. Can you monetize the N word? I feel like the N word is what Twitter <laughs> would be able to sell. Like it's like currency. Like it's oh, Bitcoin. God. The N word is their Bitcoin. It's N coin. That's oh, what they would use. Oh God, that's awful. I, um, that's really awful. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get from talking about your daughter Kylie <laughs> to this? I I don't. Oh, speaking. Okay, so I I can I can tie all this together in a nice a nice little uh a nice little bow. So I'm at uh Twin Peaks across the street from my house, and that's a restaurant like. Now, was, were you there with your family? No, no, no. Okay, I was. Uh, okay. Mark, Mark Hockman and Channing Crowder were having an event at Twin Peaks, and so I decided to swing by because I'm friends with I'm friends with Hawk, so I go to swing I'm by. I'm not friends with him anymore. He's an ass. I'm sorry. No, he, I wanted him to come on the podcast, and he told me that he wasn't going to get approval from uh, the bosses at, at CBS because they don't want him doing other other shows, and I don't really get that at all because I mean. It's it's absurd. Anyways, go ahead. Me and Hawk okay. are beefing, but come on. Don't beef with Hawk. Anyway, so I'm at Twin Peaks, and uh, Hawk is there, and Crowder's there, and so I bring my baby because they've ne- they've never met my baby. So she must be like seven months old at this point, and um, she's just learning how to like. We're trying to get her to say words, and so I bring her over, and Hawk is trying to touch her, and and Channing Crowder is telling him. <laughs> Not to touch her, and I don't know how it happened, but he said the n word around her, right. and Hawk gave him a look like you can't say that. And I told him, I'm like, don't worry about it. Actually, this would be really great if if she learned her first word and it was the <laughs> n word. And so he continuously said the n word oh in her God. ear. Wait, this and is so, this is Crowder. Crowder, hundred <laughs> like over and over again. So if if her her first word ended up being oh. dad, dad, but was it really? There, yeah, but wow, there's a that chance. Made you, how how good did that make you feel? No, it didn't because I looked it up and ninety percent of babies say "dada" first. Because it's it's easy. It's the easiest syllable they can get out. Uh, like she'll look at me and go "dad, dad, 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 dad." Like seven. That would times be an epic up. story though if that did. Oh, I was hoping. That. I was praying. I was praying for the N word to be her first word because then I could just tell Crowder what he did. <laughs> so it's a great story. I don't think we can top it. I think we'll end on that. And uh, if you see your Twitter mentions file up with hate. It's because well, wait, wait. the article posted. So I have one other important note to end this on. Uh, we are, I and a few other people are launching a website soon. So really, you want, yeah, I didn't even want, know about this. What is it? I know. No one. Uh, it's. I cannot tell you. Just know that it's coming. It's going to be South Florida based, uh, all encompassing sports, food, uh, entertainment, everything. Uh, and it's coming, and so we are. We you will be able to read my writing as well as some other people, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Very uh, good. You push yes. me under the bus, and at the end of the thing, tackling <laughs> our own our own website. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me. <laughs> Anytime.